Welcome to the Tech Life Podcast. In this episode, I caught up with Ben Whitmore, ex-public sector worker turned consultant and newly minted Microsoft MVP within Enterprise Mobility. This time we talk mainly tech, but as we discuss, when it's your passion, it can make you happy outside of work, as long as you still know when to take some downtime. Apologies for the audio quality, we had some equipment failure, but enjoy. I hope you enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, turn on your notifications for upcoming episodes, and drop a like or comment. I've spoken to you a bit uh, before. Do you want to just introduce and explain where you are, where you come from, what is it you're doing now? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for having me. That's right. <laughs> so sweet. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, this is my first MMS actually. Really? So it's really cool to be here. Um, I've seen it for years, you know, running. The, the last few years it's been on. Um, we've had a short break. And I'm always thinking, oh, it'd be so cool to go there. You know, there's so much to learn. And, and being here is like, wow. You need like a super brain to soak up all the information. Um, but yeah, I'm an MVP in enterprise mobility for the last year. So I work heavily with um, Intune and Config Manager, Azure AD, and probably been focused on that space for the last five to six years. Um, the last 12 months, I've moved into a consultancy role with a company called Cloudway. So before that, I was in local government um, for 14 years. Now you're right now, well. Yeah, so um, I mean, those guys don't move fast at all, but quite luckily we, we got to the point where we, you know, we were a config manager and we were looking at Intune. So I saw some of the challenges from, from you know, behind the consultancy fence, so to speak, some of the political challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but consultancy is kind of projecting into this world where there's so many different customers with different requirements. You know, it's fast paced, but it's exciting at the same time. Yeah. So when you look at a technology like, Config Man or Intune or Azure AD or migrations, you never see the same thing twice. And right. I think that's what's so cool about working in this space. There's an interesting one because obviously from a consultant background as well, as well as being in that customer background, do you also see as well a lot of the similarities between customers where they might not have the exact same problem, but there is a lot of similarities between customers where you might have originally thought, oh, it's just me, it's just my organization. Yeah. Then with us being consultants, we see it again and again. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same gaps that we see come up. Um, you know, like if we say to a customer, um, so you've got domain joined devices at the moment, so we really want to take full value with the cloud, so let's look at getting your Azure AD joined. And then there's always the conversation like, well, how do I then authenticate against my file servers? Mm. You know, or how, how does that work? Um, you know, we then have to explain that you can, from an Azure AD joint device, still authenticate with Kerberos, you know, and yeah. we explain that process. So that's a common concern and we have to work through that. Um, user profiles is a big one. You know, so to some companies you say, okay, we're going to move you to Azure AD, so it's, it's basically like joining another domain. So the user's going to get a new profile when they log in. And that's a big concern <laughs> because, like, well, we don't know what's in the user's profile, what applications yeah. have they got. 
what data do they have? What's in the current user key? And so, yeah, so each customer is different, but those commonalities come through most times as well. Yeah, so it's not as if that pain hasn't been experienced elsewhere and used as solutions. Exactly. Just finding it yeah. to that next customer. And, and the cool thing is, like, if there isn't a Microsoft solution today, we build our own solutions. Yeah. And then we can say, okay, we've done this before with the customer, so we don't need to reinvent the wheel, or you know, it's not going to take us like 50 days to build you a solution. We've done it before, let's not reinvent the wheel. Here we go, plug the gap until Microsoft built that solution into their product. That's a good point, because especially with being here at MMS, which is such a heavily community-driven event, we get to see lots of that from ideas that people have had, how they've implemented yeah. it, and they can actually bring it through and actually help others to understand yeah. how to leverage the community. Just because it's just somebody else's force doesn't always mean that it's not going to be something you can leverage within your organization. Exactly, and so I've been in quite a few sessions where you go in and it's like, wow, are you doing this? And like, I've seen you on Twitter, but I don't, I didn't know you're doing this. Mm. And it's like, snap, 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 take pictures. So the, the cool thing, like you say, about the community here is like, you get to see people for the first time. They look slightly different. You know, the Twitter pictures look slightly different to the first. It's like not not all of us look like uh, Pierce Brosnan. No, no, none of us look like Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like you find out what other people are doing. You're in the session. You take the picture, and like people are uploading scripts and solutions and. Honestly, you're going back with like a goodie bag from a kid's party, you know, all these different things you can try. And the great thing is, um, the solutions we're seeing at MMS, they may not fit exactly, but they spark that creativity. Ideas. You know, you've got, this, you've got a script there, you know, you can go home with and say, well, I can tweak this. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to so many people this week where it's that idea generation taking things and running with it to actually make their lives better than the Yeah, and, and the great thing is we've taken the time out of our busy life to come to this event so we can focus on that. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm working through the day, I'll see stuff come up on Twitter, I'm like, oh, that was really cool. Um, I'll send that to OneNote or to do or something and I'll look at it later. Yeah. And that list builds and builds and builds and builds and you never look at it. And you might be missing a really cool solution. Whereas when you come out of that kind of work, goldfish bowl, actually come to an event, you're focused on the event and their solutions. And yeah, I think that's why it's so important to have these in-person events again. Makes perfect sense. And it is good to be back in person. I know Zoom and Teams has made a great difference to being completely isolated yeah. over these last couple of years, but there is nothing that actually beats that proper in-person networking. This is like, um, I, I feed off of this because so I'm a consultant, but I work at home full time. Mm -hmm. So I don't even see my colleagues. So you can get real cabin fever sitting. You know, like yeah. you wake up in the morning, you, you get the kids ready for school, you take the kids to school, you, you're in the same chair all day, then the kids come home, you get the kids some food, get them in bed, and then, you know, when you're passionate about something, you're back in that chair again, you know, yeah. doing some more stuff, doing some more blogging. And when you look back on a week, you're thinking, I've been in that chair for like, 80% of the week and I've not really spoken to a real human, you know? So, so this is like, gives you another level of energy. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting thing, especially with lots of people now um, doing the whole homeworking, probably more than they did before. Obviously, I've spent a lot of time homeworking prior to this, so it wasn't too much of a change. But how do you break yourself out of that, almost that thought process definition of that is work time and that is personal time? Yeah. You have to be really strict on it. So I'm, I'm not an expert, but keeping to those, you know, okay. nine till five. 
So the way my brain works is if, if I don't understand something, I'm going to look at it and tinker with it until I understand it. And often that will mean, like I've just said, you know, you've got the family time in the morning, you're working during the day, then there's some family time in the evening, um, and then you're straight back on the computer again. You know, and I, I am conscious of being careful with that because you do need that time because your brain cannot be boom, 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 learn, learn, learn all the time. Know, because you're just going to get exhausted mm. um, and I've, I've reached that point on some occasions um, and so I've had to reel myself back in and say that I, I need some downtime I need just to clear my brain yeah um, it's really important do you have other hobbies outside of just the general tech and the curiosity world active in sports or anything uh, 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong I cannot say anything on this score I used to be the most least active person that probably met. Yeah, like, um, I mean, I love going to the gym and so once once you've been, you get that kind of release of endorphins, I think that's the chemical that's released, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Work out. Um, that does feel good, um, but it's, it, it's, a, it's a discipline, you know? So I would say my hobby and my passion is the stuff I work with, you know? Yeah. So um, I don't really have that um, other place to go to. I'm kind of wrapped up in the IT world, mm. uh, but it's something I love. You know? Absolutely, um, and you've got passion for something. There's a lot to be said for it. It doesn't mean it has to be just something you do just for one thing. You can do it constantly. If that passion is there and drive you, it makes you happy. Yeah, if, if you enjoy it, um, why not, hey? Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I can feel it now, so I'm, I'm getting older. Um, so the brain still learns, but it doesn't learn as quick the older you get is what I'm okay. finding. Um, so I'm for that. I'm an old man. So. <laughs> this is personal, yeah. So, um, and, and it might not be that. It might be because the you know when you're in this game, you know, it's, there's so much stuff to learn, isn't there? Yeah. So even if you say I'm working with Intune, well, you're not. You're working with Azure AD. You're working with you know legacy like domain controllers, file servers. Um, customers don't very rarely have this like greenfield requirement where you go in and say, hey, I've got nothing, um, set me up with Intune. There's always a lot of other moving parts. It's an interesting one that it often gets forgotten about or just not totally understood. That back in the day, this is where I'll probably start to sound old, when you were just dealing with just one policy like Exchange, mm-hmm. you went and you mastered Exchange. That's all you needed to know. So like all the mail transport systems going on there. When you move more to the desktop side of it, it's like actually I need to understand the networking side, I need to understand the connections to other applications. When you go into the systems management side, especially now with Intune, as you mentioned, it's not just Intune on its own. It's all the other lines of it, the Azure ID, the identity, all the conditional access pieces that go to that. So yeah, absolutely. So I can take a really simple example of lots of moving parts for a simple solution. So if a customer says, I want to deliver certificates via Intune, okay? So, okay, cool. So maybe we can use PKCS or maybe they have a requirement for SCEP. So let's say they want to use, give a certificate to a useless device, perhaps, yeah? So we're now talking SCEP. So now I need to spin up end servers. I need to have knowledge about networking, um, active directory certificate services, certificate revocation. So it's like DNS, networking, Active Directory, firewalls, security, um, but it's just delivering a certificate, isn't it? Yeah. But there's so many more things that fall into that category. That Interesting. Did you see the um, 
So it was a little snippet of announcement when Microsoft were doing around the whole premium add-ons coming down the pipeline with the whole remote assist. There was a little bit of a mention around um, basically cloud-delivered certificate services. Yes, yes. That's yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like yet. No, none but, of us um, really know yet. But. Anything to take away, and Microsoft are doing awesome. So you only have to look at, and I've got a session here this week actually talking about Key Trust, so Hello for Business. Okay. So some customers use Hello for Business with Key Trust. Not many people use Certificate Trust these days that I've worked with. Um, but now we can do Cloud Key Trust. Yes. So you don't need the complexity of um, certificates and certificate revocation points on-prem and um, domain controller certificates, you know, where there's a lot of things to step up. Literally, it's a PowerShell command. You get a read-only domain controller um, and you can issue TGTs without all the complexity behind what you normally need for Hello Key Trust. Lots of yeah, so that's, that's amazing. There is an ongoing trend at the minute that we see from Microsoft where they're just trying to knock down the barriers of adoption to a lot of these products, just to make it as simple as possible to implement, while still giving you a lot of the security yeah. benefits of being in the cloud. Absolutely, and so sometimes where we see there's not a solution from Microsoft, coming to MMS and talking to the product managers, they're aware of it and yeah. they're building products, but there's there's a, I guess there's a chronological order of events that has to happen. You know, there's other stuff with different priority, um, but where we think, you know, I'm really glad to do this, those guys and girls are like 10 miles ahead of us already, you know, thinking about it and it's going to come. Interesting enough, I was talking to, um, he used to be an ex MVP, he used to be Cameron earlier, um, he's now with Microsoft. And you might have started to see, because you're fairly fresh to the MVP, that interaction with the product team, what they start to show you behind the scenes that you can't necessarily talk about. Mm. But then as Steve was saying, going across to Microsoft, you get to see even more behind the scenes yeah. in terms of the information. Yeah. It just shows how much the product teams are thinking ahead. Yeah. And they're not just being obtuse, for want of a better word, but holding back information. Yeah. You find that they, they give well, are you, what's your opinion of how much that they feed out the information, both internally with the MVP side, and then what then becomes more public information? Yeah, there are stages where information is fed through. So we, as MVPs, we do get some kind of insider knowledge on that, which is great. Um, so we often can't share that uh, with customers, but we, we can kind of shape conversations around, look, don't not start your journey to the cloud because you think there's something missing, because you look tenants into the future and there's going to be a solution there, you know, so um, it is important that we have that. And there's also that feedback mechanism that the product teams really do take on board, I tend to find. Yeah, I mean, I mean one of the great things Microsoft have, so I can talk for the enterprise mobility um, MVPs, is that we have this kind of community within a community, so we, we can feedback the product team and we do have interaction with them as well. Um, so. If, if we're getting the same thing from different customers, you know, this isn't working or this isn't quite right, um, we've noticed something in Intune and it's not quite right, we, we've got that feedback. So we can feedback yeah. and especially, it doesn't even have to be an MVP who does that. So if you take Config Manager, for example, if you every single smiley face or frown you put in the Config Manager console, that's going directly to the team who write the code. Yeah. yeah so. Do it yourself. That's right. A lot you of know? people just think it's a fancy feature there, it's part of the UI, it's just like, oh yeah, they have to have a yeah. that does actually get listened to. Absolutely, yeah. The yeah. yeah, and um, maybe for other products, I can't speak for them, maybe it is, if I click that, it's just going to go to some marketing mailbox, yeah. it's not you know, red, but 
we've heard in MMS that specifically goes to the developers, and they, it, you know. So you mentioned earlier, obviously, especially with so many interweaving paths and the rapid pace of the cloud changes, the learning aspect mm -hmm. is quite high yeah. in terms of volume. How do you specifically keep on top of bits and pieces? What's your your preferred mechanism for learning? Um, I, I guess a, a common way for me to learn a new technology would be spin get lab. Absolutely, yeah. So you can spin up a Hyper V lab quite cheaply yourself. Um, you can get free entry licensing. Yeah. Um, but I always start with the Microsoft Docs because they're very good these days. And since moving those to GitHub. Uh, where people could do pull requests on inaccuracies or missing stuff that is actually quite important. Yeah. Those docs are kept up to date. Yeah? Um, I don't see that across many vendors. Microsoft are doing really well with their docs. And yeah. so I, I start with the docs, get up in a lab, and just start thrashing through it. I must admit, I'm guilty of this. The number of times I used to see an article and just go, oh, that's not quite right, or oh, they should include this example, and just moan about it. Yeah, do a pull request. That's the thing, yeah. and now directly influence that document. Yeah, and they go straight through to the product team. Yeah. Um, they say, yeah, that's that's relevant, that's cool, we'll, we'll accept that, and it goes straight through to the docs. Yeah. So and then you get your badge on the docs page. It's like famous for five minutes. There's no excuse for just moaning about <laughs> it and actually do something. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. So that's that's normally how I approach it. Read the docs, try it myself. Yeah, there's going to be, you know, customers going to implement it slightly differently, but it gets your mind thinking about how this new technology is working, you know? Yeah. Break so, it your lab before you break it with a customer. It's always good. Yeah, good uh, my team tends to hate me because we have the lab and the one rule in it is you break it, you fix it. Mm -hmm. And that's designed to actually encourage them to actually go and actually tear it apart as much as possible. Because mm -hmm. I think that people probably learn more with having to fix a problem than just simply a couple of clicks put it in works. Oh yeah. Um, standing behind it. We ran a session yesterday talking about how to build your own home app. So I always say, build it manually once. Yeah, build a domain controller, build a contact match app. Do it manually so you know how you're doing it and what's involved. But then after you've done it one or two times, get a hydration kit. Yeah. Yeah. So um, even the Microsoft hydration kit, the config manager, you download it. It's like 22 gigs, but you can have a full config manager instance with Active Directory, um, some test devices. You know all. Join to Active Directory or Registry Content Manager for 15 minutes. <laughs> but I do like that recommendation that at least go through it once for the understanding. Because it's far too easy just to assume that something's there, yeah. and then when you encounter a problem with it later, have no understanding of them connecting to power. Yeah, yeah play with different scenarios. So um, some some customers have ADFS still, you know. So so when you're looking at um, how to do authentication with like Hello, for example, then if you've just been learning key trust, that will completely change, you know? So you maybe have to spin up to make your fest or a separate domain controller to, to get into that. Yeah, try it. So, one tech that you're either excited about or couldn't live without that's either coming or is currently here, what would it be? Great question. Um, I'm really excited to see what they're doing with Windows 365. Okay. The ability to spin up an instance really quickly and to have that one-to-one -one user relationship with that cloud instance mm -hmm. is going to be really cool, I think. Really cool. Yeah, and some interesting scenarios that can be delivered through that side of things. Yeah, so, um, I mean, as, as a consultant, some of the challenges we have is trying to manage all the different 
hard levels up there, you know, like, so how do we make sure biases are kept up to date, drivers are kept up to date, you know. Whereas when we're talking about protecting machines, we don't really care about the machines, we care about the data. Yeah. So the user's identity is critical, you know, let's protect that. Because the days of protecting the office with a firewall, you know, they're kind of going, you know, it's still important. Mm-hmm. But the identity is the important thing to protect. Yes. And the data is the important thing to protect. So if now I can protect everything within my Windows 365 instance, that's cool, you know. Do I then really care about the device the user's using? Well, maybe not. That that concern may get less and less. Yeah. Certainly opens up around the like and device scenarios, homeworking. Yeah, like and um, there's, um, I think there's some really cool developments um, in the pipeline as well when we look at app protection. So what people yes. can do with their personal devices as well. So, so there's some really cool stuff. Things around the edge policies and stuff. There's some really cool stuff coming out, yeah. Brilliant. Well, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks for inviting me Spending time. Um, enjoy the rest of our mess. You've got a couple more sessions coming up, I yeah. believe. Two more tomorrow. Yeah. And then we're on the Shandies. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, well, good luck with them, and we'll catch up again later. Cheers, Steve. Brilliant. Cheers. In the next episode, I'll be talking to Mike Donoski, Senior Product Manager at Microsoft, working on Intune with a focus on policy. We'll be talking time management and focus, mailbox rules, Cinco de Mayo, Doctor Strange, and of course, Intune. I hope you enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, turn on your notifications for upcoming episodes, and drop a like or comment.